to teach and whine about it. We're two high school teachers who've been best friends since the seventh grade. We're excited to share out-of-the-box strategies that you can put into use today in your classroom and your daily life. On top of that, we'll share some lighthearted conversation about stuff that matters to supercharge your teaching this week. Along the way, we'll discuss our wine choice for the day, because why teach? Unless you can whine about it. Now let's start the show. So this week, we're going to talk a little bit about electives and specials courses. And I feel like specials, it's sad that they only use the word specials for like K-6 because I, I think there's still specials 712. I think so too. And you know, these are the classes, I feel like they really get like kind of pushed to the side sometimes because mm-hmm. they're not core classes, Yeah. but they are still very important. Yeah. And I think one of the things that makes a lot of school administrators and some teachers kind of fear approaching the electives is that assessment is is not the traditional kind of assessment that a lot of them are accustomed to. So it's right. kind of, it's not scary, but it's kind of uh, intimidating. Well, it's like, what data do you have really when right. you I don't mean, know? Like, it's not like they just like sit down and take a multiple choice test about how to play the cello. Exactly. It's totally different. And so we're going to spend the episode talking about some of the different strategies to make sure that your electives and specials have all of the great technology and tools out there on the internet for some effective virtual teaching. Yes. But first, we wanted to make sure, just touch base with everyone, make sure we're on the same page, and talk about why are these classes so important and why they might be especially important now. Oh, yeah. And I think, um, especially with so many kids that have defining memories and experiences from school Mm -hmm. in the electives and in the specials classes, we really have to support our elective teachers to make sure that those experiences are still able to reach kids. I agree. Um, All right. So just some background information. If you don't know, I feel like this is pretty common knowledge, but Mm -hmm. I don't know, just in case you're out there somewhere friendly reminder um according to the americans for the arts association music can benefit students in a variety of ways it can teach them critical thinking like there's more than one way to solve a problem oh yeah important lessons that are like kind of cliche but still need to be learned like practice makes perfect i know my band teacher mr l uh really required a lot of us i had to practice like 50 hours that's way hyperbolic i had to practice a lot of hours a week in order to get an a (laughs) but still i remember that guy from school and i kind of feel like 50 may not have been that far off so i mean that's only 10 hours a day (laughs) only on weekdays only (laughs) so yeah and it's you know it's even beyond music you know it's so important that our arts education fine arts education all of uh, physical education family consumer sciences all these reach our kids and not just the ones who can afford it to find it in Mm -hmm. ways outside of school during you know remote teaching these are this is important learning that our kids can take on. It These does. are crucial experiences. And part of it's just experiential. It's a normalcy to have those elective classes in your life. And we have to keep it that way. Right. And I feel like it's really an outlet for some of the kids. Oh, yeah. Um, because, like, I know that there are some of my students who mm-hmm. just don't do school well. Yeah. But they know, like, when I get to band class or when I get into the art room, mm-hmm. like, this is my time. Like, this is what I do well. And yeah. so I think it would be really sad if we let those classes fall to the wayside right and you know being able to support those teachers a lot of the elective teachers are kind of uh islands in their own buildings yeah and while i'm you know i'm lucky enough to have a big social studies department a big foreign language department that i can lean on you know it's important to make sure we remember that there may only be one music and one art and one pe teacher in your building their curriculum is a lot harder i think to adapt to Mm -hmm. an online 
system because I mean, I teach English and so it was pretty easy to be like, here's a PDF of what we're going to read anyway, like read it, annotate it. We'll mm-hmm. talk about it. Yeah. Um, online. Yeah. Never quite mastered that, but hmm. listen to episode three. If <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I think really what we're going to do, uh, we have a wine review to get to, you know, priorities, but after that, we're going to discuss some of the tools that are out there right now for our elective teachers, our specials teachers, K-12, to be able to keep that awesome learning going, even when we're doing it virtually. wine review oh yeah everyone's favorite part of the show (laughs) right the podcast isn't called teach and sit alone with your thoughts um speaking of i see my glass is empty oh sorry got this let me fix that uh that's it oh sorry that was bad of me here we go yeah that's more like it (laughs) so today (laughs) i can't do it (laughs) Okay. So today we're drinking a Chilean Verdejo wine. Ooh. I know. Say it one more time. Verdejo. <laughs> yes. And it tastes like, uh, I, I don't even know what this tastes like. Air. Air is what you're going for. Yeah. This assessment is hard. Definitely not enough evidence to work with. Right. So how do you think we could accommodate this wine more? We should adapt our approach since this wine is definitely struggling. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking? Sangria. Sangria. Yeah, I'll get right on that. All right, so we are now going to move back to talking about the specials classes. Yep, each and every one is special. Yes, but before we uh, get going, we just wanted to make sure that we set the record straight, give a little disclaimer. Obviously, Sean and I do not teach these subjects. Um, We did do some research, and we uh, phoned a couple of friends to make sure to include some authentic strategies. However, we really want to give you a chance to participate in the show. So if you teach any of these subjects... Um, We will have listener replies on through our hosting platform, Anchor. So yeah, we really want to hear from you. Feel free to click that link in the show notes and leave us a note. Um, We'll feature it in a few episodes. We want to keep this conversation going. We want to make sure that you as specials and electives teachers all have the support you need. And right now, it's especially scary if you are, kind of like I said before, an island of your own. Mm -hmm. And even if you teach an elective that we didn't necessarily talk about, I feel like we're kind of hitting like the main ones, music, Mm -hmm. art, PE, um, and family family consumer sciences. So if you teach like ResCon or industrial tech or business and you have some resources that you'd like to share into the void, please let us know. Yeah, so we're going to take some time. Uh, like Ashley said, we're going to talk a little bit about music, art, PE, and health, and then we're going to wrap up with some stuff on family consumer sciences. So yes. we'll try and bring as many people to the table as possible. And I'll, I'll start with music. Um, you know, music is a tough one for a lot of music teachers to perceive of doing this virtually, especially our instrumental music teachers. Right. It's not like they can just like open up Zoom and be like, play me your flute now. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, you could, but that'd be kind of awkward. Yeah. So there are a couple of tools out there that our music teachers can lean on so that they can still get quality assessment and get some good learning involved. And a lot of the stuff is really accessible. Mm-hmm. So over on the secondary level, and this works, I think, 
based on my research and talking to music teachers that use these tools, at the 6 to 12 level, really smart music is a massive asset for instrumental music teachers. It also works for um, for vocal music, which is really cool that you can assign music, you can send out sheet, the kids can oh. record, and it actually will assess intonation, it'll assess timing, and so you can get a ton of formative assessment and it's all built in right away, so that's smart music. Do you think they offer that for essays? Oh, that would be lovely. Just plug in the essay and it pops out your score for uh-huh. you. That would be a That'd dream. Be nice. um, another tool secondary music teachers will use is Cut Time as well, that has a lot of really amazing features for assessing um, students and getting them the quality learning that they need in their music. Yes. Um, for elementary school teachers, we found, mu- I think it's pronounced Musilia. I think it's Musilia or Musilla. It's M-U-S-S-I-L-A. Ila. Musilla. Yeah, it's an app. Okay. It'll be in the notes. M-U-S-S-I-L-A for basic keyboard um, instruction and for recognizing different instruments, which yeah. I think is pretty cool. Yeah, especially for those kids that are in upper elementary starting to um, you know, get in line for selecting an instrument for instrumental music if they yeah, choose to go in that direction. Yeah, for sure. Now, one thing I love because I sit on TikTok and Instagram for way longer than I'm willing to admit mm-hmm. is the app um, Acapella. And Acapella allows you to stitch together videos and line up the timing so that if you have a multi-part piece that you want to actually produce as a, as a song with you know, maybe multiple instruments, multiple voices, it has a really awesome set of tools that allows you to make those videos that you see that are kind of like quilted together. Like videos. all the different boxes. Yep. Like yep. if you, um, I'm on a Hamilton kick right now, mm. just like much yep. of the world America is, I'm sure. Universe. Um, and they, the whole original cast of Hamilton recorded a video for John Krasinski's Some Good News hey. show where they were just like singing and it looked like they were on Zoom, but I feel like they were using some kind of tool like this. It's probably acapella. It's super easy to do out of the box. Even if you're a technophobe, it's uh, once you get over the, the kind of shallow learning curve, it just takes time to put together a perfect ensemble piece. Huh. Yeah. Oh, and also speaking of putting together a music piece, I'm uh, I'm a musician in my own free time. So one site that I like to use for a uh, a metronome, if I don't want to carry around something clunky or I don't want to use one of the apps I have buried on my phone, TrueFire.com has a super easy out of the box metronome. You just plug in your BPM and it'll automatically create that metronome for you. No need oh, to even download really cool. an app. Yeah. Yeah, and producer Eric also said that one thing that he wants, he is an orchestra teacher, and one thing um, that he wants all of his students to have is access to some kind of tuner. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. there are a ton of apps out there, and like even Mm -hmm. like, probably like guitartuner.com or something that will help you tune an instrument. And it's nice if you can always demo some of those things on your own device just to see you know, what you're sending your kids into. Mm -hmm. And so play around. I know I've used a bunch on my own phone, my iPhone, um, that work and make sure you pick one that works with both iOS and Android. Yes. All right. So another big one is art. Oh yeah. Um, I feel like art, maybe like people thought it might be easy because they, Oh, just everyone can color, Right. but that's not really all that art is about. Yeah. Um, so we found a website called glitter meets glue, which is art teacher created website, websites, woo, resources and activities with home supplies. So this is, I know they're on Teachers Pay Teachers. Right. Um, so you just search for that shop name on mm-hmm. TPT and then they offer um, resources that you can download and just push right out to your kids. Yeah. And a lot of freebies too, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. I love that website. They have a lot of different resources out there. Yes. If you don't really want to, 
I don't want to say outsource, but if you don't want to lean on another website to produce materials for your students, one thing that I know a lot of art teachers tried through the, uh, the springtime when schools were closed was doing their own screen recording and video productions mm -hmm. of demonstrating how to do different techniques. One thing to float out there for you art teachers as well is to think about integrating a document camera into those videos so that you can show from uh, the top down kind of bird's eye view of what you're doing. You know, it's it, it, you really... As art teachers, you show a lot of exemplars in what you do, mm -hmm. and to be able to see those from different angles and allow your students to see more than just what your basic webcam can do, you know, find those document cameras, get with your other departments, your other teachers in the building, and find out if someone's got one on a, or in a closet somewhere. That can really help you and make your life easier when you're screen recording. Yeah, but you know, Sean, I've actually seen some apps that will turn your phone into a document camera. Oh, that's handy. Which is pretty cool for the people who may not be in the school and yeah. who might not have access to those resources. Sources. That's true. That's true. And I, you know, when you're making those videos, some of the stuff you don't have to create from scratch. Obviously, you know, YouTube, it's out there. There mm -hmm. are great different tutorials that students can use to um, use to learn some different techniques. And hey, you could even empower them to create their own videos, their own video tutorials on YouTube oh, to yeah. demonstrate their learning. We, I mean, we, some of us learn best by teaching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that they could also um, learn about an artist and then recreate a work using whatever materials they have on hand. So like almost mm -hmm. like a chopped challenge. Oh, yeah. Uh, but for art creation. So like they could study like Frida Kahlo. Mm -hmm. And then maybe I don't have art supplies in my home, but I have a bunch of like newspapers that I yeah. could like tear up and make some kind of collage or like mm -hmm. you could go there's like dirt almost everywhere so you can go draw a right. picture in the dirt and just yep. take a picture of it and send it in yeah so I, oh you go ahead um I just think that in like the important thing is thinking about like what materials do they have on hand and what can they use at home that won't cost them any extra money. Yeah, I saw there was a project on uh, Glitter Meets Glue, actually, that used different pieces of cardboard for students to work on perspective. Mm. And so it was super cheap, and most people have some cardboard laying around their house. Obviously, with art teaching and visual arts, we really want to focus on technique, technique, ten technique. And mm -hmm. so, you know, if we see some different ways of using materials that are laying around, then we can focus on that technique and not just having to gather the perfect materials. I agree. Yeah. And I think sometimes nature can be a perfect material. Like there are some native artists. I can't think of the specific tribe at the time, but they make beautiful pieces of art out of sand. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And then they just like let them blow away. Yeah. And so there's, I mean, there are models out there all the time that you can find. You can even uh, log on to some different museum websites. I know the Uffizi Museum in Italy, they have this really awesome interactive tool that you can get up close to some of those really legendary works and use those as exemplars as your teaching techniques. That's really cool. And then those museums might have, I feel like a lot of places have really, I don't want to say capitalized, but they've really like taken into account the situation and they're mm -hmm. offering um, like different curriculums or different lessons that you can download that might already be accommodated for distance learning. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, art educators, you are savvy people and you know how to make the best of all the materials you get. And so, you know, survey those kids, find out what supplies they have on hand. You don't think you always want to think about equity. Not mm -hmm. everyone has the same supplies, but, you know, really work to your advantage, that creativity that got you into this field and make you such an important part of our buildings. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about uh, PE and health. Right. I feel like a lot of like my gut reaction was even like,
like, oh, they have, like, go outside and play, kids. Oh, yeah. Um, but that's not really just what PE is about. <laughs> no. Um, so I found SHAPE America, which is, SHAPE is actually an acronym for the Society of Health and Physical Educators. Mm. Um, they provide some online resources that we will have linked in the show notes today. Um, like, for example, they have a whole guide for developing an online phys ed curriculum. Oh, that's handy. That's super useful. That's really cool. Yeah. And, you know, when kids go home to or are at home still trying to remain active and applying their education, because just straight up physical activity isn't physical education. There's Mm -hmm. a whole lot of learning that needs to happen there. And Shape America also has some resources on how to use some of your supplies and materials at your house to be able to perform some of the different learning activities you need between stretching, exercise, and just general wellness. Yeah. And I think that that's something too important important to remember also is that PE is kind of tied into this whole like lifelong wellness. So maybe start thinking about thinking about like, what do these kids need to learn that they could learn in their home? Yeah. And that also gives them an idea of, of what it looks like to be outside of school and constantly physical for the rest of your Mm -hmm. life that you associate that as part of your day more so. And, you know, some resources kids may already have our older kids have iPhones and there is that pedometer tool that's built into it. You might have to distribute some pedometers to your younger kids. Older kids already have some tools at their disposal. Right. And just like encouraging them, like set a goal. I'm going to hit this many steps today, or I'm going to burn this many active calories and like maybe make that like a checklist. Like, did you Mm -hmm. meet your goal today? And that's something that you could use to like assess their lifelong wellness yeah i even had a kid uh um, a couple years ago and my pbl program did a self-driven project demonstrating her growth in in her flexibility via yoga and she learned how to do some video production and was able to demonstrate how her flexibility evolved over time too that's really cool and so that can give kids a new perspective on pe as well like she could make that into a tiktok now and like maybe go viral she could get insta famous and make way more money than we do yes yeah um and then our last resource for just kidding not our last one another resource that we found for um pe teachers is pbs actually has a ton of resources they have videos that you can send out to the students and then lessons that go along with them Mm -hmm. and a lot of that stuff right out the is is really a package deal you can open that up and get a really good insight of how to apply that into your classroom Mm -hmm. and you know even though your classroom is virtual there is that kind of closer connection that pe and health has to lifestyle that you know even at home kids can start talking about family food logging nutrition and things like Mm -hmm. that and because they have more time and more exposure to their family members for many of them not all but many of them while they're learning at home there are more opportunities for those really good conversations right like maybe just having them like log the food that they ate and then Mm -hmm. allow like giving them the tools empowering them to have conversations with their parents about maybe some uh changes that need to be made in the family diet yeah oh and speaking of family let's move on to our last um department of of specials we'll talk about today, family and consumer sciences. Yes. So I have a lovely friend named Nicole who weighed in for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is our foods teacher. Mm. And she said that one of the things that she used for distance learning was the tasty videos. Oh, yeah. I've seen those. Um, like on BuzzFeed and they're like mm-hmm. all over Facebook. And so she would have her kids look at the recipe Mm-hmm. and like do something with it, like analyze and yeah. use the skills that they had been learning in class to look at how this particular chef was feeding people. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, feeding people. Feeding people. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of the stuff you can put right back on the kids, you know, in a PBL kind of a way for them to drive the questions, them to drive the learning. You know, uh, if you pose them a driving question like, how can I reduce my family's grocery expenses, for instance, you can oh. kind of translate your role from teacher into kind of a mentor as students really explore being part of society and self-management and, and, and personal finance too. Yeah. And like, maybe you could even like give them a task and say mm-hmm. like, all right, talk to your family. How much is your food budget? Mm-hmm. What meals can you make to kind of stretch that budget a little farther? Yeah. I mean, there's a whole lot of skills in family consumer sciences that, mm-hmm. I mean, that discipline is so broad that there's some stuff that some of our FCS teachers haven't been able to bring up in their mm-hmm. existing classes, but now that kind of the doors are blown off of it, it could be an opportunity. Right. Um, I know that like interior design is a class that we have uh-huh. maybe dropped, but yeah. like, could we pull some of that into another class? Mm-hmm. Um, I also, in my Googling, I was able to find through, I think the department of ed in St. Louis, a full like standardized personal finance curriculum. So oh, nice. just taking a look at some of those resources that are already created, mm-hmm. um, that'll kind of save you some work, but that you can use with the students that you know. Yeah. I mean, historically in this country, family consumer sciences has been such a huge part of education for our kids. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a wonderful time for buildings to start re reevaluating and visiting the potential that their FCS departments have. Mm-hmm. And I, again, on teachers pay teachers found a really good resource, a good shop, um, that we will link for you. It's FCS fork and knife. Mm-hmm. And they offer like all ready to go, distance learning units. Oh, that's awesome. Especially as a lot of us, you know, not just for FCS, but all of us are starting to adapt how we create units and how we Mm -hmm. create kind of back that whole backwards design element there. And I honestly, I'm not afraid to go on a teacher's pay teachers and see how other people have done it because I I have to adapt my teaching too. We all do. Right. So not being afraid of taking that plunge and maybe seeing how someone else is doing something just to give yourself a structure. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. All right, and then thinking about our resources for today. Yeah, um, just after this break, we're going to share with you a couple different websites that different organizations of specials teachers, elective teachers, have put together that give you some great resources in the coming school year for some really awesome teaching. This quick last resource section for our episode today, we want to share with you a couple of different conferences and online webinar resources for the different specials, um, Are again, art, music, health, PE, and family consumer sciences that teachers can log on to and really quickly find some awesome resources. And I want to start this off with um, the NAEA, or the National Art Educator Association. They have their online conference coming up this year that'll be virtual, and you can log in. If you are a member or you want to pay for the registration fees, you're able to sit through a bunch of different awesome sessions. And mm-hmm. another thing about being a member of the NAEA, for if you are an art teacher, is members have access to digication. Uh, digication. Um, Ooh, it's that's an, a tongue twister. Yeah, and it's but it's you know, despite the tongue twister, it's a super useful platform for e-portfolios of students while they're doing distance learning. Ooh. It'll allow you to organize and collect student work in a super handy way. I like that. Yeah. Um, thinking about our music teachers, there are millions of recorded webinars on the NAFME website. What's NAFME? Oh my 
gosh, Sean, use your brain. National Association for Music Educators. Okay, sorry, sorry. <sighs> yeah, they, um, you said they have a bunch of recorded webinars on, on the website. Are they all free? Yes, yeah. they are. Those are that's Indeed. handy. Um, and they, for upper level music, the Music Teach- Teachers National Association has uploaded videos from their virtual annual conference. Ooh. A lot is for non-K-12 music teachers, but there are some great sessions on practicing, creating arrangements, and how to introduce new music vocabulary. So some things that you can focus on while kids aren't in the classroom playing or singing with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, similarly, the American School Health Association for health educators out there, they're putting together a virtual conference at the end of September. And not only are they going to be focusing on how to do health education virtually, they're also going to spin it this year on health equity and inclusion, which I think is a really, I mean, we've talked about that topic previously on the podcast. Yeah. Super exciting to see that that's part of, the, part of the dialogue even when we're virtual. I love that. And I know that it was already brought up, but that Shape America Guide for PE Teachers is super comprehensive on online learning. Mm -hmm. It's literally 28 pages of just how to teach and assess those national PE standards like through the computer screen. Yeah, and that's super handy. I'm kind of jealous. The social studies resources are all over the map and a mess. And so that's super handy for PE teachers. Um, And like I said before, I'm really into family and consumer sciences, CTE, and I already sent uh, to my friend Jen, who is our building's family and computer sciences teacher, this huge database on FCSED, familyconsumersciencesed.net. I think it's all posted under their e-learning resources tab, but there are, I mean, it looks like thousands of different pages that Mm -hmm. have some great out-of-the-box stuff to do virtually. Awesome. And remember, like I said earlier, if you teach an elective course that we didn't cover today, since nowadays there are so many awesome courses to take for for kids to take K through 12, don't forget to find a national or state organization for your discipline that are gathering resources for remote teaching. Yeah. so much for joining us this week for this specials and electives episode next week we're going to break down some new practices and researches about ell students i'm kind of excited for that that's kind of your wheelhouse isn't it i know right so we're going to explore some new ways to make google chrome work for you in addition to our segments on ell students Um, and we'll talk about how you can use those tools in person and when teaching virtually so in the meantime enjoy a glass or two of a good wine because you can't teach unless you can whine about it Thank you.